Welcome to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. In this podcast, financial planner Peter Raskin helps families and business owners understand and prepare for their wealth journey. Along the way, thoughtful and detailed planning can provide clarity and confidence as clients confront a multitude of financial decisions. Listen in as Peter shares stories and insight into people's wealth journeys. Now, let's get into today's podcast. Hello and welcome to Wealth is in the Details with Peter Raskin from Raskin Planning Group. Today, we have a special guest that is Camille Barron, and Peter is going to introduce her. Good afternoon, Peter. How are you? I'm great, Eric. How are you? Oh, doing fantastic. Thank you so much for bringing in a guest. I'm excited to meet Camille. Why did you bring Camille in today? Yeah, she's been a great resource for me and for, for our, our clients. Uh, she's been in the, in the health insurance business for over 20 years. Uh, she works with a firm called Health Assist and joined them in, in 2017. And they're a firm that specializes in working with our clients and, and many other people around the issues of Medicare and, and health insurance planning. She's, so she's got vast experience relative to health insurance, but she's also um, just really well-versed in a lot of areas, other areas of financial planning. Uh, she is a co-host of a, a cable TV show uh, that provides consumers with financial and legal literacy, and that's called The Law, Your Money, and You, and it's shown in 24 cable TV stations around wow. the Boston area. So um, I met Camille and uh, I, she's just been a great resource and really happy that she was able to uh, be on our podcast because she's got a lot of good information. That is fantastic. Camille, thank you so much for being here. That's great. Thank you. All right. And so you're on, what, 24 cable stations? And gro- and growing. Yeah. All right. Good. <laughs> good. Yeah. I love Boston to hear that. One of them, actually. All right. Good deal. Well, thank you so much for being here. This is This is fantastic. All right. Can we jump in today? Please. All right. Well, let, let's get, get started. I know that we're talking about Medicare. We're talking about health care. We're talking about retirement. We, we talk about a lot of things on this podcast. So let's, let's start here. Uh, when Peter specifically, when your clients are planning to retire, I know they have concerns. And, and Camille, obviously, the, the folks you work with, they're going to have concerns as well about Medicare and health care and insurance and, and all sorts of things. What is your experience when, when working with these folks? Well, if from my perspective, uh, you know, when we're working with our clients, I would say health insurance is uh, is a real concern for everyone. And you know, most people as they as they as they work, they they ins- get their insurance through their employer, mm-hmm. and they're not used to shopping for it. They just don't. They're they're kind of given one or two options by their employer once every few years, and that's often the extent of their analysis. So. Um, you know, the, the, the retirement is, as we've discussed in lots of other podcasts, is, is full of, of questions mm-hmm. and, and decision points, and it's often a really stressful time. And the thing is, retirement, uh, in terms of expenses in retirement, health insurance is probably one of the larger expenses, wouldn't you say, Peter? Oh, absolutely. And what we find is when people are coming to us, where they've decided to retire, or in some cases, they may not have yet decided to retire because they want to explore the financial impact of retiring. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they come to us to help them with making a decision because their, oh, their first and primary concern is, 
will they be okay? Will they be okay financially if they retire and if they have to go onto their own insurance plan? Most people are completely overwhelmed with Mm -hmm. this. As Peter said, they've never dealt with individual and family insurance in the past. All they've had to do is make a decision and check off a box when it's the annual enrollment period for the employer's plan. So it is very, very disconcerting for people. And both Peter and I can say firsthand that that's the overwhelming issue is fear in a lot of cases. Yeah, Camille, I think you you hit a spot on that that everybody has that one big looming question, which is, am I going to be okay? Right. Is, is, is everything going to be OK? But beyond that, I mean, I'm, I'm quite a few years from retirement and I'm thinking of a million questions that I would have about, you know, about my own retirement, about all the different ins and outs and things. So how do you guys handle all the questions that you receive from from these folks? Well, Eric, what we do first is we always want to focus on this big picture for the client. You know, long-term objectives, uh, are they able to meet their goals and objectives over, over a long period of time? Uh, and part of that process is stress testing. We, we call it contingency planning. I've also talked about that in, on previous uh, podcasts. So since healthcare is really a huge uh, potential expense during retirement, we definitely want to make sure uh, our, our clients have adequate and, and appropriate coverage. So one of the problems with, with healthcare insurance is that it's really incredibly complicated. So no matter what experience or, or really intelligence, I'd say most of our clients are just frustrated and anxious about all the decisions that have to be made all the time. And with that in mind, I'll often suggest they speak to an advisor or someone that really specializes in healthcare and help them walk through the details. And that's where I bring an expert in like Camille, who's uh, just so wonderful with, with our clients. So she's really helpful. She's, the firm that she's with is, is Health Assist. They provide consulting and advice on a, on a consulting basis. They're charging a fee for their time. They're not affiliated with any, any individual insurance company. So it's completely objective and, and really helpful for our clients. And I have to say, you're absolutely right, Peter. The thing is that most of the people, when they come to us, they're dealing from the emotions, not from rational thinking, because they're afraid Sometimes they're very skeptical. Sometimes they're angry because maybe they were asked to switch over to individual insurance. And the thing is, we cannot really expect them to pay attention to some of the specific facts until we calm them down. And that's our first and foremost objective when we have a client. And then once we do, we start to explain how going into Medicare will be different from what they have now because with the current plan, they have one insurance plan, but we'll get into this in a little bit later, but Medicare actually consists of more than one piece. There's different components, but when they all come together, they package the insurance and it replaces what they have now. And then we break it down step-by-step, keeping it simple. We want to make sure they know they're not going to be running into a den of wolves. Yeah, I think that's so important. It's just, I think the education piece is, is just so vital. I, I know um, in the situations where you've been helpful with our clients, they, they just come away so relieved that now they know, <laughs> now they understand. And I think that's so helpful. So, so, Camille, what are some typical situations that people are dealing with 
at this phase of, of their, their journey? Well, for many, it's a simple case of helping them enroll in Medicare and then from there, helping them to select the right supplemental insurance because Medicare pays about 80% of a person's medical costs and it doesn't cover prescriptions. So it's important to add to Medicare with supplemental insurance to cover all or part of the remaining 20% after Medicare pays its share, plus prescription drug insurance to cover the costs of medications. Camille, what, at what age is someone eligible for Medicare? In most cases, when someone turns 65, they're eligible for Medicare. People under 65 also may qualify if they've been on disability for two years, then they can be eligible for Medicare. But the, the, when it terms, when we're talking about retirees, we're really talking about people who are 65 or people who may be over 65, but they've still been working. They haven't had to worry about going into their own insurance yet because they're still covered under the employer's plan. So it's a combination of those two things that we deal with. And how, and how do you deal with those individuals that are younger than age 65, but have, have retired? What, what happens then? Well, more and more of these people are, are choosing or may, maybe the choice is made for them to retire under age 65. So they are not yet eligible for Medicare. But what we do there is we help them to find individual or if they have a family, family insurance in the open market. And that, that tends to be very similar to what they have under their employer plan. There are co-pays, there's co-insurance. So that is not all that different. We help them with that. And then when they become eligible for Medicare, then we switch them over into Medicare. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I find this to be, um, for some of our clients, to be so complicated because they may retire earlier than 65 and they may have children that are still relying on the family health plan and the spouse. Exactly. So it really, it can, it can be super complicated. Yes, and it can be disruptive for the family until they've gone through it. Yeah, exactly. So what about cost, Camille? Well, first of all, again, these folks are contributing to the cost of their employer health care plan. And in return, they get the coverage and they pay out of pocket for most of their medical expenses. And they pay for prescription drugs as well with the employer contribution. With Medicare, what happens is you have three different components of your insurance package. You have Medicare Parts A and B, which are supplied by the government. And then in most cases, people choose a Medicare supplement plan, also known as Medigap. And those plans cover either all or most of the remaining 20% after Medicare has paid its share. And then because Medicare doesn't cover prescriptions, usually people have a separate prescription drug plan called Part D. The other option for some people is to opt for a Medicare Advantage plan rather than the Medicare supplement. And a Medicare Advantage plan is similar to the employer-sponsored plan where the, the insurance covers some of the costs, but the individual pays co-pays or co-insurance when a medical service is used. We like to think of Medicare Advantage as a pay-as-you-go with a lower premium, sometimes even zero premium, versus supplemental insurance where you pay up front for a higher premium, but then you pay less or sometimes nothing when you use a medical service. 
And you don't, if you do the Medicare Advantage, you don't need to purchase a separate Part D plan because in most cases, the Medicare Advantage plan covers prescriptions. So there's not any right or wrong here. We try to gather as much information from our clients upfront so that we can guide them in choosing the right insurance to best fit their needs. Would, would you say that Medicare Advantage plans are often less expensive than a typical uh, supplemental Medicare plan? If you're looking just at what you pay for the monthly premium, yes. However, one of the things that we do when we're fact-finding with our clients is ask them about how much they use medical insurance. If you have someone who's had a fairly serious condition and they see doctors and specialists a lot, it may not be less expensive because they're paying as they go each time they use a service or visit a doctor. Mm -hmm. So that's what we try to do is compare the costs either way so that when they choose one or the other, their expectation is that they'll be getting the most cost-effective plan available to them. Mm-hmm. And I, the, what you've done for, um, uh, for some of our clients that, that might winter in a different part of the country is you've helped them understand that uh, certain plans would be more advantageous for them than other plans. So could you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Yes, you're right. People who travel, first of all, if, if tr- people either live someplace else in the country or they travel, they will be covered by Medicare if they run into an emergency. However, if they want to have a physician, say, in their secondary location that they want to see on a fairly regular basis, maybe they, they need to be monitored for a condition and they can't wait till they get home four or six months later. So with the Medicare supplement insurance, you are covered anywhere in the country. There's no networks like there is in other plans, employer plans or Medicare Advantage plans. With the supplement plans, there is no network. So you can see any provider you wish as long as they take Medicare. Yeah, so I think um, one way to think about it is that the supplemental plan is an open plan where they can go anywhere and see any doctor, typically. Mm-hmm. And then the Medicare Advantage plan is more of a uh, an HMO-type experience. It is sometimes, but there's also the PPOs. So with the PPOs, you can see doctors out of network. So if you say, if you're traveling or you're spending some time in another location and you see a doctor there, that would be considered out of network for the PPO plan. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we have to evaluate that to see who their providers are. That's one of the questions we always ask, who are all the doctors that you see, PCP, primary care, as well as all the specialists you see? Again, so we can steer them in the right direction. As well as um, what prescriptions? That's very important, yes. Because the Medicare prescription drug plans are very customized to the individual, and it's based on the prescriptions that people take on a regular basis. All of these prescription drug plans cover most prescriptions. I mean, sometimes they have different formularies where one might cover something more favorably than another. So what we do is we ask our clients to tell us what they take on a regular basis, and then we enter in that information into our online Medicare system, and that will spit out for us the, the most cost-effective plans, and it'll sort them based on lowest expected out-of-pocket costs to highest. And there's usually a couple of dozen of them. 
So what we're trying to do is kind of take a snapshot in time, because after all, we don't know what they might be taking six months from now. All we can do is based on what we know today, if you're taking these prescriptions and you get this Medicare Part D plan, your overall costs, including your premiums, as well as your prescription co-pays, is estimated to be less than it would with another plan. Hmm. Again, it's a customization, tailoring it to the individual. And then insurance companies can change their menu of prescription drugs. Isn't that right? They do often. They will. They might change uh, what tier a prescription is because in, in the Medicare system, there are tiers. The, the lowest tiers, one and two, are generics, and they cost less. But when you get into the higher tiers, the brand names, they tend to be more expensive. So sometimes, on the good side of that, Sometimes something has been a brand, but then it goes to generic, so it impacts people favorably. But then on the other side, sometimes a prescription that was covered in a lower tier no longer does at that tier, and they might end up spending more money. So what we do is we offer our clients the opportunity to reevaluate their prescription drug plans once a year during the Medicare annual open enrollment season which runs from October 15th through December 7th, and they can determine whether the, what they have now is still the most cost-effective, or if it isn't, we can change them over to a different plan for the upcoming year. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, this, this brings up a question for me, if that's okay. It's a question really for both of you. Camille, you don't know this, but Peter and I have talked about how old I'm getting. <laughs> Just as as I'm aging, uh, I, I'm finding myself in need of more health care, right? I mean, that, that's just all, that's all there is to it. Uh, right. And so uh, just out of curiosity, how much is health care or the thought of what people are going to have to pay for health care? Uh, and I'd love both of your point of views on this. What is How much is that impacting their decision on when they can actually retire? Well, I'll tell you, as I mentioned earlier, some people specifically want to know how much their health care is going to cost them to make the decision on when to retire. But can they we know have that? clients right now that, that are not retiring for a while because mm-hmm. they know it's going to cost them more. Yeah. I mean, can they know their exact cost? I mean, that's, that seems a little sketchy. The exact cost, no, but they can know what they'll be spending for the insurance, mm-hmm. the Medicare parts A and B and the Medicare supplemental plans and the prescription drug plans. But again, it's a snapshot in time. Yeah. So we, we might give them information now, but of course, if they decide to retire at a later time, we have to do that exercise over again. Yeah. But we can tell them based on today, if you were to retire, this is what you would pay. All right. And, and Peter, what about you? How do you see this affecting your client's decision or the discussion that you're having with them for their retirement? Yeah, it's it's it, because it's it's such an unknown. We really don't know what their health health experience will be, not just in six six months, but uh, in six years or mm-hmm. fifteen years or twenty years. So we don't we can't really predict what that will be. But when we're doing our modeling, our wealth planning, we make some assumptions relative to costs. So we'll add based on their their income, and Camille will talk a little bit about that going forward. But we'll talk about what their what their actual premiums might be if they chose some very rich plans mm-hmm. to uh, to purchase during during their retirement, and then we'll make some assumptions. Um, relative to co-pays and insurance. So we'll, we'll add that data into our projections. And I would say the, the majority of our clients are, are most likely going to be fine 
with those expenses. But they still want to know. It's, <laughs> it, it's, it, it, it provides um, these, uh, this uncertainty is, uh, it brings a lot of anxiety to, to our clients. So, um, Camille, could you describe how income affects the cost of Medicare and, and supplemental insurance? Yes, certainly. So, beginning with Medicare itself, Medicare Part A covers inpatient services such as hospitals and skilled nursing facilities. Most of us don't pay anything for that because we contributed to the Social Security system. However, for Part B, which covers outpatient services, whether that be doctor visits, outpatient care, lab test scans, outpatient surgery, there is a premium associated with that. And the standard premium for Medicare Part B is approximately $135 a month. Now, where income comes into play for Part B is for higher income earners. This becomes a blessing and a curse for higher income earners uh, because there is a, a surcharge known as the Medic, uh, the income-related monthly adjustment amount, it's called IRMA, there is a surcharge added to the monthly Part B premium based on your income. And that can range anywhere from $54 a month to up to $325 a month on top of that $135, and that depends on your income level. And there is a similar IRMA for prescription drug insurance, although it's less than the one for Part B. So that will... That will explain what they can expect to pay for the Medicare components as far as the supplemental insurance, prescription drugs, or the Medicare Advantage, then the income doesn't affect that. Yeah, and, and, and the timing of this, uh, of that income calculation can, can be frustrating for clients. If in one year, uh, let's say the year before they retire, they have a uh, high income, they might find that their premium in that first year or even even two is higher than they would like it to be. <laughs> yes, yeah. And, and in fact, one of your clients, one of our clients that you, you referred to us, who since relocated out of state, he had that exact situation. What happens is this year is 2019. So what Medicare does, it's actually Social Security that does it, is they look back at the latest tax year that they have in, they have access to. So that's actually 2017. So at the end of 2018, they'll look at someone's 2017 income tax return, and they look for what's called modified adjusted gross income, MAGI. And they will assume then that based on that for 2017, you fall into this income level and you have to pay this surcharge. Now, the following year, if they retired and their income goes down, then the, the cost will go down. However, if someone knows for sure that their income is lower or will be lower this current year, and that's what this client of ours did, he appealed it, actually, and he had to provide some documentation, but it was lowered as a result. Yeah. And that's the advantage of, of working with you and Health Assist is you're able to negotiate that or help the client negotiate that. Right. And uh, it, it, it was very important to them. It was. Yeah. Rightfully so. Absolutely. So, so once the, um, the, the, someone's converted to Medicare, are you able to help them uh, on an ongoing basis with questions about insurance? Sure. In fact, there are many cases where something might come up mid-year, maybe unexpectedly. For instance, another client of ours had enrolled in a Medicare prescription drug plan because at the time, the plan that 
we enrolled him in was the one that showed to be the most cost effective. However, he started to take a more expensive brand name drug. And uh, actually, it was a generic, but it was very expensive. It was a, still a high tier. And mid-year, and so he called us and said, oh my goodness, what is going on here? Am I going to have to pay this forever? And we looked at the cost under his current plan, which, which was no longer the most cost effective because of this insurance. But interestingly, we found, this rarely happens, but we found that the generic version of the prescription, which he was taking, turned out to be more expensive than the brand name. And he said, you know, the doctor never even told me about the brand name. I wish I had known that before. So we, we explained to him that he needs to ask his doctor now to switch to the brand because that would at least save him some money in the short term. But then when the annual open enrollment came for the following year, then we were able to enroll him in a less expensive plan, which factored in that drug that he takes. Yeah. yeah so if people have ongoing questions, I, I, I find that there's often a, a question about billing. Oh boy, there sure is. Fortunately with the Medicare supplement plan, we don't see money of that, much of that because there isn't. But well, we've had cases where something was denied, a claim was denied under the insurance and we've had to step in there and resolve it because it shouldn't have been denied. Mm. And what sometimes what has happened is the insurance company, or I should say the provider, still has the individual under their employer-sponsored plan. So they're, they're billing the client because they think that they are still on that plan and they have a copay. And once I pointed it out to a client we recently had asked us this question, why am I being billed? I looked at the information that she sent and I said, well, because they're still billing you under your old plan. Oh, she said. So it was just a simple matter of, of changing it and letting them know that her, her current plan is Medicare. It is just, you know, our healthcare system is wonderful and great, but it's so complicated and can be a maze. And when you get different insurance companies and Medicare involved, it gets even, even more complicated. Oh, it certainly can. In fact, just the other day, we had someone who was in the employer plan and before he went into Medicare and then went into Medicare, he had five different bills. None of them were paid by the insurance company. So we had to investigate that. And it turns out the employer plan, which he was still on at the time of these service charges, that should have been the primary insurance. Okay, because his spouse was still actively employed. And when you have an employer plan, who's either, either the spouse or the candidate is actively employed, the plan is primary and Medicare is secondary. Well, the providers didn't know that, so they billed Medicare as primary, and of course it was rejected. So we had to really dig in and talk to each of these providers. But first we called his employer plan and made sure they agreed that they were primary because in some cases they didn't even know they were primary. Hmm. So we had to sometimes educate the insurance companies as a result. And I knew it was primary, but I still wanted to hear it from them. Sure. And so it turned out to be okay. They're, they're in the process of resolving it now. Camille, what are some other um, pitfalls that people need to steer away from? There's many things that are hidden and most people don't know it until unfortunately they encounter it. One of them is getting back to the primary versus secondary. 
you can defer enrolling in Medicare Part B and paying that premium until you no longer have an employer-sponsored plan. But then what happens is, and this is a case that we had last year, where the individual's spouse had the employer-sponsored plan, and so the, the client didn't have to enroll in Medicare Part B because he was covered, but then his spouse decided to retire and she went on COBRA. And unbeknownst to him, he thought he could just stay on that plan and continue to have that plan be primary. Well, that wasn't the case because what happens is the employer plan is primary if the person on it is actively employed, if the person or spouse is actively employed. As soon as they retire, then Medicare has to become primary and you have to enroll in Medicare Part B. And as a result, if people don't know that and they delay enrolling in Part B, they will be subject to what's called an LEP, late enrollment penalty for Medicare Part B. There's a calculation that figures that out and they'll have to pay that forever. It's added to their monthly Part B premium. So it's important that people understand that. It's one of those things that the HR departments don't always mention. I think maybe some don't know. I'm not sure why, but we always tell our clients that. And that was a big one. And um, again, the primary versus secondary insurance always comes up and we have to make sure that people understand which one is going to be primary. There's another interesting one. You wouldn't think this was going to be a problem, but you know how many of us go for an annual physical? Medicare allows you to go to the doctor once a year for an exam. However, it depends on what you call the exam. If you make an appointment for a physical, Medicare doesn't cover it. If you make an appointment for an annual wellness visit, it does. So there have been people who have been charged $350, for instance, because they called it by the wrong name. <laughs> so we tell our clients again, make sure you call it an annual wellness visit. There is a little bit of a difference between the two, but for most people, an annual wellness visit just is preventive in nature. And it, it you know, in addition to any other routine uh, doctor appointments and things like that for treatment, it just sort of takes a sort of a, an overview, a picture of how everything is with weight, height, blood pressure, but they don't do a physical and they have to know the difference. Hmm. That's really, it's really so complicated. I think it's um, for many of us, it's, it's what you don't know that causes the problem. And there's so many areas of, of Medicare and health insurance playing that we just don't know. We don't live in that world every single day. So that's why I think your, your, the service and expertise is so important for us as planners. We strongly believe that our clients should reach out and work with someone like you. Well, we're learning all the time, too, because things change. The rules change. We have to keep on top of the rules all the time, and we have to keep on top of what some of the pitfalls are. And we learn all the time, too, yeah. ourselves. Camille, um, is there anything else you'd like to add for our, our listeners? Our goal is to give people information so they can make informed decisions about their own health care. That includes understanding their circumstances, lifestyles, budget, and priorities. And we have to make it simple. Once we've, had, once we've done that, we find that the client's demeanor has changed dramatically from our first encounter. Going into Medicare was not the nightmare they thought it would be. And that means we've done our job. Yeah. 
And I, I, every client I've referred you to finishes that engagement just with a great sigh of relief. They're just pleased that, that they've got the information they need and they're, they're ready to move forward. Camille, if listeners are interested in it and have questions, what's the best way for them to reach out to you and to Health Assist? Well, they can call the number, which is 978-526-0012, and they can mention that you have, it's a client of yours and refer them to Camille, extension 4. They could go onto the website, healthassistcorp.com, and they can explain that they, they heard us on this podcast, and we can set up an inquiry, a short call to just talk with them about their situation. So either way. That's great. Well, thank you so much for, for being with us today. I think that the information was really valuable and uh, you will continue to uh, be a great resource for, for our firm and for, for many of the, the, our clients that have uh, concerns. Thank you. Well, thank you, Peter, for bringing in Camille. What a valuable resource. Camille, thank you so much for coming in. It's a pleasure to meet you. Thank you very much. All right, Peter, anything to add before we close this up? No, I think uh, if people are, have additional questions, reach out to, to me directly at uh, 617-728-7433 or uh, send me an email at uh, peter.raskin at lfg.com. All right. Sounds good. Thank you again for your time today, guys. And thank you all for listening to the Wealth is in the Details podcast with Peter Raskin. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Peter comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. And this one specifically with Camille on it is a great one to share for anybody that you know, that's reaching this age where they're going to have to start making these decisions. Let them hear what she has to say and what Peter had to say. It's valuable, valuable information. I know they'll thank you again. Thank you so much for listening. For everyone at Raskin Planning Group, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Peter Raskin is a registered representative of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Securities offered through Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation, a broker, dealer, member SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Sagemark Consulting, a division of Lincoln Financial Advisors, a registered investment advisor. Insurance offered through Lincoln Affiliates and other fine companies. Raskin Planning Group is not an affiliate of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation and its representatives do not provide legal or tax advice. You may want to consult a legal or tax advisor regarding any legal or tax information as it relates to your personal circumstances.